Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back, and thanks for listening. Have you ever been in a service when, at the end of the service, they have an invitation time, but they offer a set of of options, okay? Now, this isn't an inclusive list, but... Among other things, the invitation can be for someone who's accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I mean, changed on the inside, and they belong to Jesus now, okay? They're a believer. At that point, uh, that is an opportunity for the person to come down and tell the minister or the church, hey, this has happened in my life. My life has changed, okay? So there's that opportunity. The other opportunity is to have someone pray for you. If you, you know, for that, as well as if you have problems or things that you would like extra special prayer for, people can do that. Or sometimes people go and pray on their own. But there's also the option of this rededication, where someone will come forward and tell the minister, I am rededicating my life to Jesus. So, question is, what is that? What is that exactly? Where is that in the Bible? And you're not necessarily going to find it. Now, the original dedication is salvation. I mean, basically, when a person realizes, I need someone to take care of my sin problem. Jesus is taking care of the sin problem. God offered that, and Jesus offered that, and I accept it. And I'm turning my life over to him. There's that. After that, after the initial uh, dedication, okay, then there are people that come back and say, look, I got off the beaten path, okay? Kind of got in the weeds, you know, I, I went, went off the narrow way onto the highway. And I was out there thumbing. So, that being the case, uh, and I'm not <laughs> uh, saying that to be a specific issue. I'm just saying, when you get off of the path God's got for your life, and you start doing stuff that definitely the Bible is not signing off on, you're into the weeds. And in that, uh, a lot of, if you belong to, to God, if you belong to Jesus, if the divine discipline kicks in, and that ain't pretty. Now here's the thing. Rededication. I think in order to get a grip on that, let me share with you a couple of things. First thing is, the actual, some of the words for dedication and so forth, um, the word I like to use is sanctify. Now, that's a churchy word, but really it just means to set something apart. If you sanctify something, 
That means you set it apart. And people do that every day, by the way. Um, For example, in your own personal room, in your personal space, in your collection of things that belong to you, there are some things that you just don't want other people touching. And you don't want them messing with it or borrowing it or any of this other jazz. There are some things like that. You could say those things are sanctified to you because they're set apart. All right. Now, the difference, though, is in the Bible, when something is sanctified, it's sanctified to God. And that means it's only supposed to be doing things God approves of. All right. Now, it's interesting the word. Uh, there's in the Old Testament the word for sanctify, and also, and it's used interchangeably, the word for dedicate is kadash. And kadash, uh, if you're using the good old fashioned Brown Driver Briggs, uh, says to consecrate, sanctify, prepare, dedicate, be hallowed, be holy. Be sanctified, and the last definition, though, is the one I really like out of the choice, and this isn't like multiple choice, because these are aspects of the same thing, is be separate, all right? Be separate. Now, in the New Testament, the word is, uh, in Greek, is hagiaso. And basically, if in this situation you're using Thayer's, then uh, there's different definitions, but the, the one I think most appropriate for a human uh, would be to separate from profane things and dedicate to God. That's what rededication is. Because, look... When you get in the weeds, all of a sudden, and the word profane is kind of outdated in some ways. Profane basically means common. Uh, we tend to link the word profane with profanity, uh, but profane in its in its meaning means to make something common. Every, every, you know, nothing special, every, you know, usual, uh, un, uh, un, or extraordinary, you know, just plain, common, which normally is not something you want attached to anything that belongs to God. All right. But you're separating from profane things and dedicating to God. Now, what are you dedicating? If you're rededicating, it's your life. That's what you're doing. Now, how do you how do you grab that? I mean, how do you how do you wrap your fingers around that that idea? I'm going to take you to John, the Gospel, and uh, let's look at John 17, chapter 17, and uh, verse 13. Now, this is in the middle of a prayer, basically, and it's a pretty lengthy one, where Jesus 
is addressing the Father on behalf of the disciples. And it's kind of a high priestly prayer. It's, in fact, it's, dead, it's noted as a high priestly prayer. But in the middle, Jesus starts in verse 13. He starts, it, it goes this way. And this is Jesus praying. It says, But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrated myself, that they also may be consecrated in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, I'm going to stop there. This is a fantastic prayer uh, and recorded in its entirety. And it's just, it really uh, pulls out the emotion that Jesus is having because he's talking to his father. And, and the disciples are there. There's a few things I want to point out here. The first thing is, is Jesus says pretty plainly. He says, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Well, what does that mean? What do you mean? They're not of the world. Jesus wasn't in the world? There are a lot of people that don't believe Jesus came in bodily, physical form. A lot of Gnostics out there believe that he, it was just a, like a solid light apparition or something like that. He really wasn't flesh and blood. I mean, for real. Uh, no, he was. But what does he mean he's not, in, he's not of the world? Well, the world had its own agenda. It's lost. He came into a world that was lost. And the world had one agenda, and he had another agenda. He didn't value the things that the world valued. He didn't do the acts that the world super valued. Not all, I mean, he did some things that people thought were really awesome. But it was... His life, his work in its entirety that was that was just beyond description in the universe, for real. Now, but he, he also, not only does he say he's not in the world, he, he says, uh, 
is they're not in the world either. What does that mean? I mean, Peter and John and, and James and all those, all those, uh, you know, the twelve, they were born in the in here, right? They weren't like apparitions or ghosts or any of that. They were here, right? What he means is, is it was a change. When that change occurred, all of a sudden, they were, get this, stay with me, dedicated to God. Because, again, remember that definition I hit you with, to, to separate from profane things. Profane things are just casual, common, everyday, just useful, or not useful, but I don't want to say useless, but just uh, things that are uh, really unimpressive. Okay, well, guess what? These guys were uh, separated from the common and dedicated to God. Once they get, became get dedicated to God through Jesus, well, they're not of this world anymore. Their agenda is not of this world anymore. Their thought processes aren't in this world. Their priorities are not world-focused, world-centered priorities. Now, um, now, the real kicker, okay, the real kicker is John seventeen seventeen. Now, here's why I say that. This is Jesus. It's very short. You ought to memorize it. I mean, this is like a memory verse supreme. I mean, for real. It, how many words are in there? It's like eight words. So, I mean... Okay, you don't have great memory. I get it. Uh, man alive. A words. But here's the thing. Jesus says, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Now, he is talking to his Father. He is talking to the Almighty God of the universe. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is. That's who he's talking to. And he's saying, sanctify, we talked about sanctify, that means separate from profane and dedicate them to yourselves, okay? So he's saying, take them out of the, out of the usual stuff, Father, and dedicate them to you. But sanctify them in what? In truth. Truth has become a term that people kind of think is kind of fluctuates, okay? Just depends. Well, your truth's not my truth, and and so forth. I mean, um, now, if you put opinion in that phrase, okay. But truth is truth. Uh, so here's the thing. Here is uh, a truism. Uh, you're going to die physical form is going to go. Here's another truism. If you don't have a, a, uh, a spacesuit on and somebody shoots you into space, you're going to die. Forthwith. You jump into a volcano, you're going to die. I mean, you know, there's certain things. There, people are born, people, you know, and then people end. I mean, that's Okay. That's a truism. But here's Jesus. Is, Jesus ramps it up. 
because he says this. He's, again, he's talking to his father, the God of the universe, and he says, your word is truth. Boom. Wow. Okay, so, I mean, why, you know, well, I don't get it. Why do you think that's so impressive? Because Jesus just defined what truth is. And he said, and he said, look, you're going to find it in God's word. What's the word of God? We have the word of God. We have his revealed word to us. Now, a lot of theologians out there argue up and down about sources and source credibility and all this other wild jazz. And, and I don't like that Greek and I don't like that manuscript collection and all this other fun junk. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. God has revealed his will to us. And you can find it in his word. And Jesus is saying, your word's truth, Father. End of story. He didn't elaborate. You know why? Because he didn't have to. Jesus had probably the entire uh, scripture of that time memorized. And then some other stuff as well. But here's the thing. Now, here's the kicker. All right, here's another little tidbit. And that is in verse 18, John 17, 18. He says, and you sent me into the world. Okay, he's talking to the Father again. Your Father, you sent me into the world. So I've sent them into the world. Oh, okay, okay. Now, wait a minute. Now. Who sent us? Once you're dedicated to God, who sends you? Who sends you? Jesus. So, let's get back to this rededication thought process. Rededication means that you're going to take your life and you're going to stop treating it like it's a trash can, like it's common refuse, like it's the stuff you can chuck away. You're going to start treating yourself and those around you As, and well, specifically, you are yourself as being someone dedicated to God. And you're going to carry His truth with you. Now, let's back up to 1715 because I think this is important too. Now, once we're saved, you know, it would, you would think, wow, how cool would it be if you just, boom, you know, turned to light and went right to heaven? You know, and then you don't have to worry about all the, all the stuff going on and the crazy and people being mean and then falling down and doing stuff bad to your own self and... And working around, you know, the repentance thing and all this jazz. Say, wow, wouldn't it be cool? Well, I guess, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. However, Jesus says this. Look, Jesus says this in 1715, John 1715. He's talking to the Father still. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. 
who's the evil one? Politician? Oh, well, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, L.A.'s so funny. So, uh, Satan. Because Satan is focused on screwing your life up. Or messing you up. He is 100% dedicated to it. And guess what? He don't have to sleep. And he's had a thousands and thousands of years of experience and practice. So, yeah. I'm glad Jesus did that. Because it wasn't just for them. It was for us. Yeah. But he's not asking for us to, to, to leave the world. Why? Because we're the light. Because when you're dedicated, when you're dedicated, you are supposed to be a light. Now, let me throw this at you and then I'm going to go. When they rededicated the temple in the Maccabean period, okay, after it had been wasted, I mean, really just messed up. First thing they did was they cleaned it up. They got all of the nasty garbage out of it. All the stuff that God said didn't need to be there. Got it out. And they worked on the candle. They worked on the light. The candlestick. The menorah. And they got one going. And by miraculous providence of God, it burned uh, in a little bitty bottle of oil, burned eight, eight days. Shouldn't have burned that long, but it did. And that was when they rededicated the temple. We are said to be temples of the Holy Spirit. So, if that's true, you need to work on your light. You need to clean up, get the stuff out of your life that God doesn't want it there that will mess you up and that Satan will use to beat you up and work on your light. What's the light? The light of the word. Remember, he said, your word is truth. And he's talking to the Father. And he's one million percent correct. Always. So, with that thought process in mind, next time you hear or even have an opportunity for rededication. Don't do it lightly. Don't just skip on down there. Okay, I'm going to rededicate myself again. I did it 20, 20 times last week. Uh, it ought to mean something. It really should. Now, if, if it can mean something to you and you can do it 20 times a week, then God love you, God bless you. But it ought to be special and monumental and a momentous moment for you. It ought to be a punctuated moment in your life where you where you turned it around. That's what rededication ought to be. When they rededicated the temple, they only did it once. <laughs> I mean, you know. It'll happen again because the temple got... Phew, wiped out but when the new temple comes gonna have a wonderful rededication to a new temple so with that in mind I want to encourage you, you to keep on speaking it on speak it on and as always don't be afraid to speak the word and
Bowling Century. And may God bless all of you.